Hello and thank you for joining us. I'm Alison Braddock, SRUC Veterinary Services, and today I'm joined by Colin Mason, VIO and Centre Manager Dumfries. We will be looking at bovine abortion investigation. Hi Colin and welcome. Hi, morning. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. So, with regard to bovine abortion investigation, when should we start uh, investigating abortions on the farm? Well, I think this is a really crucial question in that any particularly late-term abortion in the sort of last third of the pregnancy, you can class as an abnormal event. Most of the embryo loss that occurs through pregnancy occurs very much weighted towards the start of the pregnancy uh, and by the time you've got a pregnancy established you've got past the halfway mark and you're in the the last two to three months of the pregnancy which is where for example a lot of suckler cows are right now uh, the expectation really is at this stage that that pregnancy should be carried to term uh, and that that calf should be born healthy and viable. Therefore, my argument would be is that at this stage, we should be investigating any abortion that we see as an abnormal event. Uh, a lot of uh, farmers and vets kind of take this rule of thumb that it should be, you know, 2% abortion is probably normal. Uh, and a lot of farmers probably take the mindset that if they get one, they probably put that down to being one of those things. However, if they get more than one, they might think about investigating. Uh, and I appreciate we're all really, really busy people uh, and getting samples collected and getting things investigated takes time, but it's a really, really useful part of the health planning process. So my sort of gold standard suggestion would be that every abortion is investigated, particularly when they're occurring towards the end of a pregnancy. Thanks, Colin. So so do we provide abortion kits? Yep, we do. So uh, there's plenty of options to do these investigations. Obviously, um, uh, our local disease surveillance centres, we look at a lot of abortions, particularly at this time of year. So it's very, very easy for a farmer to bring an abortion into us uh, and we will look at that. Uh, one other thing to say about cattle abortions, it's really, really important if you've got it and you've got access to it to bring placenta in as well, either a piece of placenta or the whole placenta, uh, uh, because it's really, really useful to uh, examine that tissue. Uh, I appreciate that not all placentas are available. Uh, some are away or eaten or down the slats or trodden into the straw or whatever it happens to be but um, if that tissue is available it's really really useful so bringing them into a local VI centre is really really useful. Uh, there's also the possibility um, we produce these quite handy abortion kits for vets to have in their cars um, which allows the vast majority of the sampling to be done on farm so if it's quicker and it's simpler uh, to do that then that's a nice easy way of getting some nice simple samples to collect and to look at so that we can get the answers of what's going on. And my argument as well is is, is the more that we can look at, uh, the more we'll find. And, and even if it's done in a slightly more simplistic way on farm, uh, then um, 
that's really, really useful information to get to be able to rule in or rule out infectious disease as a possible cause. Thanks, Colin. So what type of information do we need um, about the animal for diagnosis at the lab? Um, I think the main things we need are a, a little bit of history about the farm uh, and you know that would include um, the herd health history, vaccination history, feeding history, particularly also if animals have been purchased, um, if animals have been imported. Uh, these sorts of things are really, really useful to know. And then the individual animal information is also really useful as in, you know, the age of the animal, has that animal um, been ill at all? Uh, has there been any recent handling? These sorts of things can be useful to, to get a feel for what's going on. And, you know, to give you an example, it, it's tempting to suggest is a recent example we had through um, uh, with some abortions after a herd had been handled for a TB test. Uh, and the farmer was um, thinking that probably the reason was the stress of handling. Uh, and yet mm -hmm. once we actually had a look at one or two of the abortions that had occurred, um, we didn't find that the stress of handling had been an issue and we found an infectious cause. So uh, I, that, those are some of the, the, the sort of background pieces of information to think about, but don't always assume that if there's been a, a potential recent stress event or handling that that's necessarily the cause because there may be an infectious agent involved as well. Thanks, Colin. That's interesting. So what would the farm vet need to cover in terms of examination and sampling to cover all bases? So um, sampling's really easy. Um, there's a couple of things to say. Uh, um, with the sampling kits, we kind of provide all the material that you need and also um, uh, give a little sampling guide as to what to collect. But basically, ideally, we're looking at um, blood sample from the dam, from the mother, um, some basic tissues from the fetus, mm -hmm. uh, particularly fetal stomach contents and fetal fluids as the key samples, which are really easy to collect, and then pieces of placenta to include cotyledons and the membrane roundabout. Um, the other thing to stress at this point is, I think if we are handling these tissues on farm, uh, as vets and farmers are, as a routine, uh, it is to make sure that we're aware of uh, good biosecurity and also potential health and safety risks as well, because some of the abortion agents are zoonotic. So basic hygiene uh, as standard, um, uh, disposable gloves, disposable aprons, um, possibly even masks are a useful basic precaution to use on farm to keep people safe uh, and, and just be aware about where you might be looking at these tissues and all the rest of it. Thanks, Colin. And we've got a really useful sampling guide, haven't we? And we can put the link on the podcast notes. SIUC Vet Services, we've produced a sampling guide for vet practitioners uh, and bovine abortion is one of the things that's covered in that. So there's quite a lot of detail in there about what samples to collect, how to collect them. Uh, and that's along the similar lines to the insert to the abortion kits as well as to what samples to collect. So one of the key messages from this podcast is, is that the more you can look at, uh, the more abortions that can be investigated, the better. Um, 
one of the other things that I would stress as well is sometimes uh, farmers get a little bit disillusioned and vets with the negative results that can come back from bovine abortions, as in uh, one of the common comments that we get is, oh, well, I brought you a, a fetus in a couple of months ago and you didn't find anything. Uh, and yet, while that might be true, and we accept that the diagnostic rate for individual abortions is less than 50%, um, actually finding nothing is a really good answer. Uh, and I think we have to maybe rethink the mindset on this a little bit. Uh, in that, I think as a vet, to be able to say to a farmer, look, we've screened uh, a bovine abortion for all the infectious causes of abortion, uh, bacterial, viral, fungal, protozoal, et cetera, et cetera, and we found nothing. That's a really, really good message. It's a really reassuring message for a farmer. And we have to accept that, yes, some abortions are non-infectious, uh, we also have to accept that sometimes by the time the calf is aborted, the infection agent has gone. Uh, but my argument would be is, is that the more we look at, uh, if there is something to find, we'll find it. Uh, and equally well, the more we look at, if we keep finding nothing, that's really, really, really reassuring from a herd health point of view. And it's really, really useful for the farmer to know uh, in terms of the fact that uh, whatever health planning they've got in place, Certainly, with regard to infectious diseases around abortion, it's working. That's a really good point, Colin. Uh, and I know you've touched on most of the testing needed already, but is, is there any additional testing that you would advise for bovine abortion? I think um, the standard samples are... Um, the basics that we need and they're really really simple to collect that's the beauty of it um uh, and that will rule in or rule out a lot of the infectious causes um obviously for any particular case uh i'm in discussion with um the, the sruc vets the disease surveillance vets uh we can tailor the testing to the particular needs of a farm uh, um, and to the particular presenting signs of the case as well. So uh, the standard testing of you know, fetal fluids, fetal stomach contents, placenta, liver, spleen, really easy samples to collect. Uh, and um, that will, will get you an awful long way in terms of ruling in or ruling out infectious disease. Uh, and depending on the case and depending on the nature of it, we can... Um, discuss that and tweak it and obviously uh if we're getting the fetuses in and, and we you know we look at hundreds of these a year uh you know we'll we'll tailor what we collect and what we do depending on the farm history to some degree i think the other thing to say as well the the need to look at bovine abortions is important at a, a whole sort of tier of levels um you could look at it from a, a national disease control perspective in that uh, you know, one of the things from a UK perspective that we are interested in and concerned about is, is the possibility the blue tongue at some point could present mm. uh, in aborted calves or aborted lambs or goat kids um, uh, causing fetal deformities. So yeah, that's something that we have to bear in mind from a national point of view. Um, from a new and emerging disease point of view, um, 
you know, things like Smallenberg will show signs of uh, deformities in the fetuses that can be linked to infection. Uh, and that's a new and emerging disease. Essentially, it was a new and emerging disease 10 or 15 years ago, and, and it was picked up by examining bovine and ovine fetal material. So it's actually, you know, looking at abortions is quite often a good way of picking up a new disease that's coming onto a farm. Uh, it's not an exclusive way of finding it, but I very often think that if a new disease comes onto a farm or reactivates on a farm, uh, bovine abortion could very well be one of the ways that it presents first as. So, you know, good examples of that would be something like Salmonella, uh, Salmonella Dublin. When we get a wave of infection flaring up on a farm, very often we get a little flurry of abortions as one of the first things that we see. Uh, and, and it's a great way of, of monitoring for that. Um, I think another thing at this time of year in particular for the suckler herd, and this is really, really useful information from a herd health planning point of view. You know, one of the common groups of causes that we see of a bovine abortion would be what I would class as the feedborne and environmental. So certain bacterial causes like Bacillus lichenoformis or Listeria or fungal causes uh, um, are very often the causes of late-term abortion in suckler herds at this time of year. Uh, and the main sources of those will be uh, feed and fodder, silage. Um, it will be um, uh, environment, particularly water, feed, etc. And that's, you know, things that we need to be aware of in terms of risk. So, Colin, as you've explained, it's vital that we get sent samples um, both on a national and herd level, but also for new and emerging disease threats. So where should uh, a vet send samples and paperwork? Yeah, they've got samples and the abortion kit samples are really easy to get sent to the local VI centre or diagnostic lab. So uh, as far as SRUC vet services, um, the, the local PM hubs or our central analytical lab in Edinburgh can receive these samples and carry out the testing that's needed. Uh, so that's where to send abortion kit samples. And obviously, uh, we are very keen to examine any bovine fetal material that people have at the local PM hubs as well to get them looked at. Uh, get the samples collected and then work things out from there. I, I think my final comment would be is just the importance of uh, our mindset around negative results. I think we need to celebrate the negative results that we get from uh, bovine abortion investigations. Yes. In a way, the best result that we can find is is that we we comprehensively screen cases for infectious disease and we don't find anything. And that's really, really useful information to have. So uh, that would be my main take home message is the more of these cases that we screen uh, and the more that we can confirm a non-infectious cause, if you like, uh, the better that is from a herd health perspective. And it gives us some reassurance about the herd health planning process. Thank you, Colin. And just a reminder to our listeners that full details um, and the sampling guide and our tests um, are on our website and we'll put the link um, on the notes in this podcast. Thank you. Thank you.